<laughs> Praise the Lord. We're going to be looking today at uh, something the Lord laid on my heart. And since the first service, I was like, wow, God, you've gone before me as you always do and prepared. There is such a sense of unity and worship unto God in this house this morning. Let me tell you what, I was in here praying when there was no one and I could feel the presence of the Lord and I was declaring God's kingdom come and his will be done. But then when you guys started coming in, let me tell you what, you ushered in heaven in this place. I want to thank you this morning for making it private priority to be in the house of God, that knowing that God is a first fruit God, which means the first fruit belongs to him. And he said, if you'll honor me with the first fruit, I'll bless the rest. Let me tell you what, this is a first fruit day. Sunday is the first day of the week here. And the first thing you're doing is worshiping God and honoring God and serving God here. Let me tell you what, I can declare the rest of your week's going to be blessed. I can go ahead and tell you with the character and the nature and integrity of God that I know you can go ahead and claim it. The rest of your week is going to be blessed. Hallelujah. For he is a faithful God. And he gave me this message that as we enter into this season, this Christmas season, that to speak to you and encourage you to expect your miracle this Christmas. And with such a charge in the atmosphere and such faith in this room, I may need to change that and say, expect your miracle this morning, okay? Expect your miracle this morning. But God gave me a message to stir you to, uh, and your expectation to rise to the place that you would expect your miracle this Christmas. So I ask you, do you need a miracle? Is there anything you need in your life? What do you need? God wants to hear it. He is the God who would meet all of our needs according to His riches and glory. If God were to suddenly show up in your life, what, what would you like to see happen? So what do you need? Come on now. Is anybody in here? Think about it. Think about it. Uh, there's no better time than this Christmas than that need to be met. And God has stirred me. He has stirred me to meet, that, that He wants to meet your need, but He needs your faith to rise with expectation so that it can usher in the divine provision that He has for you. Hallelujah. I want to show you something this morning in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. If you would, uh, let's turn to the Scriptures there. I'll provide them overhead as well. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Notice that wise men come to worship Jesus, okay? So if you want to learn from wise men and become wise yourself, it is wise to worship the Lord. The wisest thing you can do this Christmas, let me tell you what, as you prepare for your miracle, is to worship Jesus. Come on, say amen. amen. Come on, it's all about him. Let us not get lose our focus. It's all about Him. Let, he's the baby in the center of the manger, in the center of the nativity. I, I, yeah, I want us to keep our focus on Him. You don't need to be looking at the SpongeBob that you've added to the nativity set or any dinosaur that you've added. Don't be looking at the sales that you can get and prioritizing even your gatherings that you're going to. Let our priority focus be upon Jesus Christ 
because he's a miracle worker and he wants to work a miracle in your life this Christmas. Then in verse 3 he says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. So he gathered together the chief priests and the scribes and the people together and he inquired of them, Where is this Christ to be born? So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, he determined from them what the time frame had been from the star when it first appeared. So he sent them to Bethlehem, and he said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. He is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil will tell you anything he wants because he is a liar. If the devil's speaking, it's not truth. If the devil's telling you you're worthless, it's a lie. If he's telling you you're powerless, it's a lie. If he's telling you you'll never achieve anything, he's a lie. If he's telling you you're not going to receive your miracle no matter how much you expect it this Christmas, he's a liar. Everything he does is a lie. He was manifesting through Herod here, and he was lying. So when King Herod heard about the newborn, he immediately began to make plans to kill Jesus. And then he ordered for uh, all the male children, two years and younger, because that's the time frame that when they first saw the star. So he had the soldiers go in, and all the male children in Bethlehem from two years and younger had to be slaughtered. But God had warned Joseph in, in a dream to pack his family up and go to Egypt. So the devil's there killing all these babies, but he didn't get Jesus. And the devil's still trying to kill babies today. Let me tell you what. I'm telling you, scholars say that the population of Bethlehem, if they were to do it, is about a thousand. And if they were to look at the, uh, the numbers from that of families in that age and having children and them having male, it was probably about 40 children, 40 little boys, two years old and younger, that were killed there. And because uh, Satan has no mercy, he has no mercy. And he's still killing babies today. One out of every four deaths in America is by American abortion. Did you know that? One in four, 25% of the deaths in America are through American abortion. Half of the deaths in the world are from abortions. Did you know abortions is the leading cause of death in the world? Now that's horrible. Satan is still at work. He's still at work. It kills uh, uh, many, uh, as many people as all the other causes of death combined. So we've got our research for cancer and good. We've got our research for Alzheimer's and good. We've got our research for diabetes and good. We've got our research for this disease and that disease and good. But let me tell you what. There's one simple thing we could stop doing that would take over half of the deaths off of the plate, and that's just to stop letting the spirit of Satan cause us to kill our baby. Somebody needs to hear the word of the Lord today that all life is precious to God. So here we know Joseph and Mary went to Egypt and Jesus was spared. And, and, and there's a reason that Herod wanted Jesus dead. Why did Herod want Jesus dead? Well, the first reason is because the devil understood if there's no king, there's no kingdom. If there's no king, there's no restored kingdom. 
Because when God created this earth, go back to Genesis chapter 1, get around verse 27, 28, you see where He created man, He created us in His image, in His likeness thereof, He created us, but He took this dirt, filled filled it with His Spirit, and He said, this is how this earth is going to operate. I'm setting the rules in place that the earth, dirt with Spirit, is going to dominate. And he told Adam, he says, I have given you and Eve dominion that you are to exercise dominion, kingdom rule over this earth. And you are to be fruitful. You are to multiply. You are to rule over. You are to subdue over every living creature I put you in charge. Whatever you call a thing, that it shall be. So animal, as, as Adam is naming the animals, God doesn't say, you know, Adam, come on now, that one's going to be hard to pronounce. That one there is hard to spell. You know, he never, never interjected because he says, I'm giving dominion to man as I've created you in my image. Out of dirt, I put my spirit in you. And I say, now you're going to rule on this earth. So now, here's Lucifer who's been cast out of heaven. He's trying to operate illegally on this earth. He can't operate without a body. So that God's, plan, God's rule was, you have to have spirit and body. So he goes and he finds the most beautiful creature in the garden. And as he goes and he negotiates and works a deal, and the serpent allows him to use his body, so he comes in and he goes to Eve, and now he's starting to make some deals here on this earth and negotiate, trying to usher in the kingdom of darkness to override the kingdom of light. So Eve uh, is, is be, uh, beguiled. She loses the mind of who she is in, in, in God's creative order. And she gives her a husband and he doesn't stop it and participates in it. Next thing you know, there's a fall of mankind. We are separated from God because, you know, we were created uh, tripart. Uh, I know at our men's retreat, uh, at, it was in Williamsburg, uh, the retreat center. We have a men's advance. Well, this was years ago. We were meeting out in Williamsburg, and I designed a contraption. You remember my contraption? And I took a five-gallon water jug, and I turned it upside down, filled with water. It came into a big, uh, probably two-inch uh, gate valve, a white gate valve with a red handle on it. And then it went into the top of another five-gallon jug. And I filled the top one with water. And I said, when you get born again, God fills us with everything we have need of. Uh, through the atonement that Jesus has provided for us, we have our healing and our deliverance and our prosperity and our promotion and our salvation and everything we have need of is in the Spirit. We are born again. Now, when you're born again, your body, if you got a mole, you, you got born again, you go, look, you still got that little mole on your face. So it says the old has passed away and all things have become new. So we know it wasn't the body. Okay. And in the mind, if you like to overeat on pancakes and you knew it was unhealthy and you were glutton on it, but IHOP just kept bringing them to you and you felt like that was God's will and you didn't have enough sense to say, no, that's enough. And okay, when you got saved and you go to IHOP, you still got that same craving and loving and mindset. Give me the, give me the, I paid for them. You may need to stop going to IHOP or you can eat pancakes. You may need to stop going to go in the Golden Corral until you can get that mind renewed. Okay. But let me tell you, so we know it wasn't our, our, our soulish realm was not renewed. We still had the same memories and mindset. And we know our body wasn't renewed, but something was renewed. Well, you're born again, that, that spirit man that had died in sin. 
has now been restored, renewed, and given to us in the full capacity. So that water jug filled with water represents your spirit when you get saved. But then there's this gate valve here, and a gate valve is just a valve that can, you can turn it one way and it lets things flow and you can close it. And, and now what we got to do is we got to get what God has given us in the Spirit and through the atonement flowing into the bottom jug would be our body, into the full manifest of where we're living. But that gate valve is so important. What is the gate valve? It is our soul. It is our mind. It is our will. Let me tell you what. That's why the Bible says our mind has to be renewed by the Word of God. That we can't be conformed into the, into the mold of this world, but we need to be transformed. Metamorphosis. There needs to be a metamorphosis, a caterpillar to a butterfly process through the renewing of our mind. So you hearing sermons that come from this pulpit help renew your mind and get your gate valve opened up so that everything that God has provided in the, in the supernatural can flow into the natural. That you can pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven, but it's got to flow, it's got to flow through our soulish realm. So even as I'm preaching this morning, let me tell you what, I'm bringing truth to you and that truth is setting you free. That truth is getting you by faith to open your soulish realm, open your gate valve and get it from the head to the heart where belief and faith really take hold of and receive the full manifest of what God has for us. That's Herod wanted Jesus dead because Jesus was coming to restore the kingdom. Satan had stolen the kingdom rule and dominion from mankind. Mankind was disqualified because of their sin. But God spoke of Christmas in Genesis 3 and 15. He said in Genesis 3 and 15, He says, I promise you, Satan. He's talking to the devil. I, somebody said, don't point my way. I promise you. I promise you, devil. I heard that. They're like, don't point my way. You're talking about talking to the devil. I promise you, devil, that through the, through the woman, not through the seed of man, but through the woman, I'm going to bring the proto-evangelicum. I'm going to bring the Savior. I'm going to bring a Messiah. I'm going to bring the one that will crush your head. You may bruise his heel. He may go to a cross and into a grave, but let me tell you what, just a bruise on the third day he's coming up again. Hallelujah. But he's going to crush your head. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. So we see that all through the Old Testament, Satan is doing everything he can to keep the, the, anything about the Messiah. He's trying to stop it. He stop it. But God keeps saying, I'm sending the Messiah. The Messiah is coming. I'm sending the Messiah. The Messiah is coming. And let me tell you what, the whole world announces this. Every atheist announces it every day. Every agnostic announces it every day. I say they celebrate it. They don't realize it, but they celebrate it. Somebody's knocking on my door this last week, and they're representing a different cult of some kind. They're re representing a cult of some kind. But even they, they, are, they celebrate the fact that God sent His only begotten Son, Jesus. And how is that? Because every time they write the date, okay, I'm telling you, 4,000 years B.C., 3,009, 2,000, just countdown. For 4,000 years, it counted down. It was all B.C. That was before America. America didn't come up with this. This is God setting it up. But then at B.C., when Jesus came and was born, that Christmas, hallelujah, the Bible then has the whole world change their date system to now it's A.D. And that's not after the death because, you know, that would have been 33 years off. It was Anna Domenia, which is uh, the year of the Lord. 
So every atheist is celebrating that Jesus came into this world to restore the kingdom every time they write. Somebody writing December the 8th today, 2019. They're saying in the year of the Lord, 2019, in the year of the Lord. Hallelujah! Let me tell you what, this is such a, a transforming event worldwide that God has had it affect the calendar of all time. Praise His holy name. But the devil didn't want it. Through Herod, he didn't want it. Because if we could keep the king out, there'd be no kingdom. Because God's plan was that there would be a man that was filled with his spirit that would exercise kingdom rule and authority on this earth. Adam forfeited it. But God said, I'm sending a last Adam. Not a second one, but the last Adam. Because what he does will be enough for it all. Hallelujah. And that's why Jesus could not be born of a man. A man's seed could not be in involved here. He had to be born of a woman. Because the Bible says that the iniquity of the father passes down from generation to generation until uh, the third generation. So the, the Adamic sin nature passes through the seed of man. So that's why the Holy Spirit had to supernaturally conceive within uh, uh, Mary, a virgin, to bring us Jesus so that he would not only be the son of God, but he would be the son of man. Because God needed it legal again that he could restore his kingdom, his rule, his dominion through man. Because God's not going to violate his plan. So Adam, I mean, uh, Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born and Herod is trying to kill him because the devil knew the promise of the Christmas in Genesis 3 and 15 and he knew that, 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 that God's seed coming through woman was going to restore the kingdom to mankind and his head was going to be crushed. He would be under their feet. He knew that, so he's trying to kill Jesus. But let me tell you what, he didn't succeed and he still hasn't succeeded. So when Jesus... Jesus lives and now qualified to be a teacher, qualified to be the, uh, the, 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 the one that was the sacrifice for us. And now he has given his life. He's died. He's buried. But let me tell you what he did. While his body was in the grave, he goes into hell, the Bible says, and he has a confrontation with the devil. And the Bible says that the keys to death, hell, and the grave, the keys to the kingdom that Satan stole from Adam... Jesus now qualified in the body, qualified because God had set it up that with an earthen body filled with his spirit would have dominion and rule his kingdom work here on this earth. Adam gave that up. Satan stole it. Now Jesus, son of God, also now son of man, is going and confronting the devil and he says, your time is up. Your rule is up. Your kingdom of theft is up. You, have, you are over. And he takes the keys to death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says, and when Jesus came out of the tomb, he tells his disciples, he says, that I now, all authority is given to me. Now we knew as the Son of God, all authority was his. But the way he had set earth up, where through man, by his spirit, God would rule and have dominion, he says, look, now as the Son of Man in this earthen body, I have taken back for you what you could not take back for yourself. I have taken back the keys to death, hell, and the grave. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And now I give you the keys. I'm giving them back to you. I'm giving the authority to you. The church, he's talking to us now. I'm giving the authority 
back to you. Now, you've got to understand the Greek and how God chose to give us that original text in the Greek for the New Testament where he says, I'm giving you the authority, exousia is the Greek word. I'm giving you the authority over all the power of the enemy, and that word power is dunamis. So I'm giving you exousia over dunamis. Now, now power would be like a dynamite. We get our word dynamite from it. It's like power. It's great, but there's the authority rules the power. The authority says when the gun can shoot. The authority says when the missile can go. The authority says when, when this can happen and that. It's in charge. It's in charge. So God has given us, through Jesus, born of a virgin, in an earthen body, qualified, legal, to take on the Spirit of God, to do for mankind what we couldn't do for ourselves in our fallen state, to restore the kingdom, to get the keys of death, hell, and grave back, and get that authority, and now He gives it to us, and He says, now whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I'm telling you, church, that wasn't spoken just to the disciples. That wasn't just for the apostles. That was for you and me. That's why 40 days later, Jesus says, I must go to heaven because if I don't go to my Father in heaven, you're not going to receive my spirit. Now, what's God's legal authority of operating on this earth? His spirit working through earthen vessels like us. So the church, our birth, is the filling of the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost came as of tongues of fire and now is set not upon one or two, upon each and every one of them. And they are filled with the Holy Ghost. So now every one of them unto us even today, for all of our sons and our daughters, uh, even unto us right now, filled with the Spirit of God, we have legal authority granted to us, given to us by God to operate the kingdom of God on earth. That's why Jesus said you got to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we know being filled with the Spirit and the kingdom of God is in us, that we're not trying to pull something out of the stratosphere. stratosphere. We are trying to pull something out of us. It's already in us. The jug is already filled. The Spirit is already filled through the atonement, every bit of healing and deliverance and power and authority that you would ever need is in you, in the Spirit of God, in Christ. Hallelujah. You just got to learn how to turn the valve by faith. Turn the valve and say, let it flow. Let it flow. I put my foot down. The devil is under my feet. Some people say, the devil's riding my back. He ain't riding my back, honey. The devil is in my head. He ain't in my head. I'm telling you, honey. He, you know where he's at? He's under my feet. He's under my feet. I'm going to exercise the authority that God has given me and you got to learn to exercise the authority that God has given you and it's over all the power of the enemy and the enemy by no means shall harm you. I'm telling you Jesus came to restore the kingdom and he has, he has anointed and called each and every one of us a royal priesthood. Every one of you he has crowned Every one of you who will believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So why did Herod want to kill Jesus? No king, no restored kingdom. Amen. Now he says, oh, I couldn't stop that, so now I'll try to confuse these bunch of short-sighted Christians so they won't see who they are. 
I'll give them denominations and theologies that limit the power of God. That make them feel smaller than a toenail that's been clipped and walked on on the floor. Just, just small nothings. Oh, I'm just a, just a piece of trash serving Jesus. You better rise up into the royal authority that God has given you. This earth depends on it. Adam abdicated his. Adam laid his down. But let me tell you what. God says, I've taught you the lesson. I don't want you to lay it down. I want you to stand in it. I want you to exercise it. I am king of kings. He's the big K of the little Ks. And if you won't be a king, then let me tell you what. What is he to you? And he is the Lord of lords, big L over the little L. If you won't rule over land, lords rule over land. If you won't rule over land and property, well then who are you? If, you, if he's king of kings and lord of lords, then you refuse to be a little king and you refuse to be a little lord because you're just, I'm just nothing. Outside of Christ, you are correct. But in Christ, you are the creative order of God with purpose and destiny to rise up and to expand the kingdom of God on this earth. You have authority, all authority, and it's time for you to exercise it over all the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. I feel like you're looking at me like I'm mad. I'm not. I'm mad at the devil, but I'm serious. This is serious business. Herod tried to kill Jesus. No king, no kingdom. He also tried to kill him because he knew if he could stop the birth of Jesus, that then they would, that would do away with the, the miracles that would be ushered in through our mighty Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No mighty miracles for all. Remember, they were in the dark ages, 400 years of nothing, not even hearing from God. The people in their own strength that got to the place, there was no connection with God at all. Jesus had to come in the midst of that to bring the light. Satan liked it in that darkness because he, he could run his little, uh, you might would say, mafiosa business the way he wanted to without any, any competition. Okay, so here's some Christmas news for you today. If the devil couldn't stop the king's birth, he also can't stop the kingdom's rule and the kingdom's reign. Amen? Amen? What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. So I just want to encourage you today to know that, G that Satan can't stop what the, the Lord's plan is unless you refuse to be who he's called you to be and do what he's called you to do. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm telling you, we got to understand who we are, who we are, and what he has called us to do because that is so very, very important that we do that. So, so my, my little thing here did an update. Never had that happen. It just went dead on me. So you guys are going to just have to go to the next screen to help me go on to this, or I'm going to stay right here and preach kingdom. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So in Matthew 2 and 21, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child and Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So we see when the, uh, the, the wise men came to see Jesus, the first thing they're seeing is the glory of God. This is God. And God deserves worship. And God deserves treasures. And God deserves my time. I would say to us, as we go to expect the miracle of heaven and this miracle of the manifest of God in our lives this Christmas season, that we do it as the wise men did. That we do it seeking Him. That we do it worshiping Him. That we do it honoring Him. That we do it giving unto Him all that He has blessed us with. Let me tell you what. When you talk about uh, gold and frankincense and myrrh, gold represents royalty 
royalty. I'm telling you, He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our time. There's nothing you will do for the Lord that will be time wasted. I can promise you that. There's no gift that you will give unto the Lord that will be a gift wasted. There is no good words that you will share about the Lord that will be words shared wasted. There is nothing that you will endeavor that you will do for the Lord that will be wasted. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the mighty one. Hallelujah. And He is worthy. He is royal. He came and established the reestablished the kingdom that you and I can be a part of the operating rule and reign of His kingdom here on earth. And then the frankincense. When they heated up frankincense, it would let up smoke. And the smoke was a sense of worship, a sense of incense of worship and prayers unto God as we're anticipating the praise, as we're anticipating the miracles of God this season. Let us be worshiping and, and upward with hands extended rather than hands to receive. Yod in the Hebrew is worship, a hand extended, not a hand receiving. Let us extend our hands. God, I give you the glory. I worship you. I'm ready for a miracle, Lord. I'm ready to see you move mightily in my life. I'm ready to see the next level, but I'm giving you the praise for it even before I see it because I have faith to believe you're going to do it. Hallelujah. And then that frankincense in myrrh. Myrrh is represents humanity. That thank God that Jesus, you was willing to come to be that sacrifice. You were willing to come in the flesh so that you could re-own this earth for us. We lost it. Satan, you couldn't operate without a body. He came in the most beautiful creature and God, you cursed that creature that he would crawl on his belly after that day because he allowed his body to be used by Satan. But you got our body. You said, I'm going to redeem you guys if you just turn to me as your Lord and Savior. Call upon me. I'll redeem you. I will lift you. I will, I will, I will bless you and fill you with my spirit for this kingdom rule. Hallelujah. So if you're ready for your miracle, I want you to consider these. I want you to consider first, identify something that you want God to interrupt. I'm telling you, if there's sickness in your body you'd like to see God interrupt, just go ahead and call on it. Is there a problem in your marriage you'd like to see God interrupt? Go ahead and just call on Him. If there's a problem with a relationship with your children you'd like to see God interrupt, problem in your business you'd like God to interrupt, problem in any area, just go ahead and identify something you want God to interrupt. Because let me tell you what, the first Christmas was all about interruption. The first Christmas was all about interruption. I'm telling you, this Christmas is going to be about God interrupting something in your life and bringing forth His glory glory in that. And then open your treasures up to the Lord. Open your treasures up to the Lord. Let me worship His royalty. But understand why in His royalty that you need to worship Him also as being royalty under Him. That you have a responsibility. This earth, He set it up that if His kingdom is going to come on this earth, it's going to come through you and me. There's time for, it's time for His kingdom to start coming in your body. I'm telling you, it's time for His kingdom to start in your body in your mind, in your life, in your household, in your sphere of influence, in the place that you work, in the place that you serve, in the place that you worship, in the neighborhood that you live. Come on and let it expand. Let it expand. Let it expand. Don't go and try to extend the kingdom of God over the whole world if you're not extended the kingdom of God in your own life. Come on now. Let it begin in us. Rise up. Rise up. Are you ready to receive your miracle? If you are, you've got to open up your treasure 
earth unto the Lord. Worship Him. Bring your gifts unto Him, your time, your treasures, your talents. Lord, I'm here for You. You have created me for kingdom purpose. You've created me for Your desire. That's why I'm here. And then the third thing, if you want to consider these, expect God to manifest the miracle you need. you got to step into expectancy. I'm telling you, you got to step into expectancy. I get up every day. My wife, she'll tell you. Pastor Rodrigo will tell you. I used to get up, and I, sometimes I was in a bad mood. Years ago, just years ago, I'd be in a bad mood. And I'd be like, she's like, did you get up on the wrong side of the bed? I said, you're not getting up on the same side of the bed every day. You're on that side, I'm on this side. And it's like, what is, your, who, what is wrong with you? And then one day it hit me, wait a minute. That is not the joy and the victory and the power and the authority and the anointing that I live in. What's wrong with me? Come on now. So I, got a, I started saying, I changed my mind. Somebody in here better take hold of your mind. The battle's between your ears. I tell you what, that's the battle. And you, you got a wrong stinking. You got stinking thinking and it's got some stinking attitudes. Your family members can say, yes, it, it sure is. Stinking attitude, Right? And I, uh, years ago, I had to, got this revelation. I said, you know what? There should not be a day of my life I don't get up expecting the supernatural manifest of the glory and love and power of God in my life. And if I'm expecting God to move in such a supernatural way and in His love and His grace, then I have, I'm not going to let this flesh, if it's out of alignment with God's will, this flesh, shut up. I told my flesh, you're fired. I said, you're fired. This was back when, uh, that, what was that show? The Apprentice. Back when that star of that show that before all the controversy came about and everybody's all split up over it, they liked it. You liked him saying you're fired. You know, I, I, that was back in that day. I said, Flash, you're fired. You doggone it. You are not going to rule and reign. You, you, you got uh, Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden, Flash. You got them in the Old Testament. Every problem that you could imagine, the nation of Israel, every problem you could imagine, flesh. Here you got me barking at my wife, flesh. No, flesh, you're fired. And I said, now I'm going to walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Paul said, the only way I can inherit the kingdom of God is to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. So I had to start to learn to walk by the Spirit. And I had to take baby steps. I did for my first walking or moving in and uh, walking by the spirit was kind of like Morgan, how she used to crawl. She used to crawl with one knee and slide the leg. She could crawl faster than any other baby. I'd have put her in a contest, but she would crawl with one knee. I thought she'd go around in a circle, but that other one was like the rudder on a ship. And that thing would just and she would just that that's how my first my first beginnings of walking by the spirit but I and even though I couldn't quite get it yet I wasn't giving up I'm going to walk by the spirit if I'm going to see the kingdom of God and the kingdom rule of God I got to learn to walk by the spirit amen so I took authority over my flesh so I looked at that contraption that I made with five-gallon jug turned upside down full of water, gate valve, and a five-gallon jug on this side, which was the flesh, the, the soul, and the spirit. I said, you know, I, I've got to, I, in order to get this thing working, I've got to start going from the top down. Gravity pulls it from the top down. So I've got to start drawing out of the spirit rather than flipping it and trying to draw out of the flesh. Because drawing out of the flesh, the atonement... Was, didn't, didn't come to be deposited in the flesh. It came to be manifested in the flesh. It's deposited in the spirit. So it's like me going to an ATM machine that's out of order, unplugged, sitting there in a junkyard, and I'm going there, don't even have power cord run to it, trying to get my money out of it. 
pretending the deposit that I have on account is, say, a million dollars, okay, I have it legally in the account, but I'm trying to draw it through the flesh ATM, and I can't get anything because it's not connected that way. But I can go to the spirit ATM and put F-A-I-T-H in there and get my faith working. I can draw anything that Christ has provided for me. My healing is there. My deliverance is there. My promotion is there. My wisdom is there. My anointing is there. My purpose, my destiny is there. My, the, the healing of my family. My children serving the Lord all the days of their life. My grandchildren serving the Lord all the days of their life. Me leaving an inheritance for my children and my children's children. All of that and so much more is in the atonement. My salvation is all there. But I got to go to the right place. I got to go to the Spirit to draw from it rather than the flesh. Somebody say, I'm, I'm walking by the Spirit. Oh, come on. I didn't hear that. I'm walking by the Spirit. So you got to learn as you walk by the Spirit. Now, I listen to what God says over and what God says over what I hear in other places. I listen to what God says over than what I hear from my own inner voice. I listen to what God says over what the devil says. And I learn to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not going to be distracted by what's happening in front of me, the pain that still exists, the shortfall that still is there, the bondage that is still there. I'm now walking by what God's Word says. So I've got to learn that by faith, by faith is how I appropriate everything God has for me. So this faith has to, what is it? Faith is the substance of things, what? Hope for. That's expectancy. That's expectancy. So everything that God would have me, and without faith is impossible to please God, so everything that God would have for me, I've got to appropriate it by faith, and faith has to have expectancy. Right? I have to expect things. So if I'm going to expect things, then I've got to learn that I cannot go by what has just happened around me. I've got to look at what the promises of God are for me. Hallelujah. Now this thing came back up, so I may just go on to two o'clock, okay, just for the sake of that. I've never preached through an upgrade, uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm there. Hallelujah. So, so, but believe it or not, I've done, I've done pretty well because the Lord gave it to me in my spirit and then I worked it through my soulish realm, my mind, will, and emotions, and then through my body, I typed it. So that thing was in my spirit. Hallelujah. So I'm right on, I'm right on target. Praise God. So you got to expect God to manifest the miracle you need. I'm telling you people that God has more for you and you're like, well, if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. He did. In his, in his order, he did. The way he set it up, he did. He said, earth, I'm putting man of the dirt, filled with my spirit, you have dominion. You multiply. You be fruitful. You take a, whatever you call it, that it is. That's how I set it up. And we're over here like, well, God, if you want me to have it, then you'll have me have it. He said, look at what I did. When this goofball messes up and loses it and the authority goes to the enemy I come in flesh the incarnate in flesh my spirit in this boy through a virgin so that he's without sin so that he can now be qualified to come back to the devil where Adam messed up and say enough is enough I'm here to put you on notice. Your day is over. I'm taking the keys back. 
You don't have the authority anymore. And now He comes to us and He says, now I'm giving this keys to you and this authority over all the power back to you. But you need My Spirit. You've got the flesh part, but you need My Spirit. Now your flesh is sinful, but I am now going to deem you righteous if you will place your faith in Me. Therefore now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I will justify you as though you've never sinned. I will wash you with My blood. I will cleanse you. I'll write your name in the Lamb's book of life. But I need you to take the keys and exercise the authority over the power of the enemy. I need the kingdom rule on earth. And you're over here, oh God, if you want me to have it. He said, don't you get it? I want you to have it. Why do you think I came? Why do you think I sacrificed? Why do you think I sent the Holy Ghost? Why do you think I've got sinless blood to pay off your sinful account? so that you can do what I originally created you to do and rise up and rule and rise up and exercise authority and kick the devil out. And devil, you're not living in my house. You're not living in my mind. You're not living in my body. You're not living in my kids. You're not living in my finances. You're not living around here. Devil, I resist you and you got to go. Devil, I resist you and you got to go. Hallelujah. And now that I do that, I expect the manifest of heaven on earth. I expect it. You've got to expect God to manifest the miracle you need. Isaiah 40 and 28. Brother, thank you. I love somebody that's ready. Hallelujah. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives, He gives, He gives power to the weak. You say, I'm weak. He said, let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the weak say that I am strong. Paul says, when I was at my weakest, I saw His greatest strength. And to those who have no might, He increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. Look at verse 31. But those who wait, 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 wait. Kava is the Hebrew word. What does it mean? It means to look for with hope and expectation. For those who wait, for those who look, for with expectation on the Lord, He shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Kingdom authority. Kingdom power. Kingdom purpose. Kingdom calling is yours. Through Christ Jesus, the King of kings. But you got to wait and that word wait has nothing to do with time. Nothing to do with sitting at the DMV. That's the first place I think of when I think of time waiting. Don't believe me, go. It has everything to do with expectation. Expectation. Hallelujah. So you ready for your miracle? 
identify something that you want God to interrupt. Open up your treasures unto the Lord. Your time, your treasures, your talents, your worship, your giving. Oh God, it's all yours. I'm here for you, Lord. And expect God with faith. Expect God to manifest a miracle you need. And you'll see the miracle this Christmas that God has for you. You can expect your miracle this Christmas. I say you can expect it even this day. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord. That you have made a promise that whosoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Everything I preached and so much more is available to everyone who will call on the name of Jesus. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me as you would convict and woo, draw those that are tuned in, those that are listening, and those that are in this building to draw them to the surrender of you, Jesus. Surrender unto you as King of kings and Lord of lords. Whosoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Have you called on His name? If you haven't, you can call on Him right now. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, I want to be in position as pastor has preached. I want to be in position. I want to be a son or daughter of the Most High God. I want to be that royal priesthood. I want to, I want to be of your royal bloodline. I want to operate in kingdom authority. I want to expand your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, Jesus, come be my Lord and my Savior. The Apostle Paul says that everyone who calls on Jesus as Lord and believes in their heart that God has raised Him from the dead shall be saved. As you call upon Jesus, call Him Lord. Jesus. Which means I surrender all. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. You made a way when I couldn't make a way. You made a way where there seemed to be no way. You made a way for me. You're my way maker. I surrender to your Lordship. I give my life to you. Now I know my life surrendered to you has purpose and meaning. You want me to rise up and be used by your Spirit to expand your kingdom. So fill me, Holy Spirit. Oh, let that be your prayer every day. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Every day. God, I pray fresh and new. You would fill me like a river flowing in and out. Let the waterfall fall of your love and the waterfall of your power and presence flow in and through me, Lord God. Let the rivers flow out of me, Lord, to affect those around me. Fill me with your Spirit. An earthen vessel full of your Spirit about kingdom work and kingdom expansion. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. To you be the glory, to you be the honor, and to you be the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.